0: We almost, I shared with Sunday School this morning, about 10 years ago, we were this close to moving to Butte, Montana um, to start a church and the Lord just didn't allow us to do that and we really wanted to and uh, he closed the door there but we, all, we were that close to going there and then uh, Cody, Wyoming is probably my, one of my favorite cities in the country. And we were, we were just on vacation a few months ago in uh, Idaho, and while we're still praying God will move us up here. We love it up here, and uh, we love uh, Montana, we love this area, and it's an honor to be here. And I hope, listen, I'm just a normal dude, I'm just here today and this week. I just want to encourage you, I just want to help you from God's Word. Um, I, I don't claim, as I stand here this morning, to be the most spiritual person in this room. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, um, but God's taught me a lot through His Word and I just want to help you these next couple days. I believe if we're going to see revival in, uh, in, in this world, it's going to start with each one of us. And I don't know if you all realize this, the world's messed up. Has anybody figured that out at all? We are losing our ever-loving minds, right? But can I just remind you, nothing that's happening in this world surprises God. He's still on the throne this morning. And I hope we can be encouraged. Let's open our Bibles this morning to Colossians chapter number 3. Colossians chapter number 3 and we'll be reading verses 1 through 4 this morning Colossians chapter number 3 verses 1 through 4 Colossians 3 look at verse number 1 once you find that the word of God says this if ye then be risen with Christ seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God Verse number two, set your affections on things above, not on the things of the earth. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Let's pray together this morning. Father, we do love you, Lord, and we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, we thank You, Lord, that it's always right on time. God, we thank You that it's exactly what we need. God, I pray this morning, God, I pray that You would work like only You can. Lord, we come this morning, God, not to hear from a man, but God, we've come to hear from You. And Lord, I pray that You would. Lord, speak to us. Lord, I pray, Lord, if there's someone that doesn't know You, God, today that You would draw them into Your presence. Lord, help them to see, God, that You want to save them and You love them. God, I pray for those of us that do know You, Lord, that... Lord, may be away from you. God, I pray that you'd help us to see over these next few days that your way is the best way. God, I thank you for this church here in Whitehall. And Lord, I pray that you'd continue to use Pastor Kyle and his dear family in this church. Lord, thank you for the encouragement through the music this morning and already being with your people today. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. As we approach this book of Colossians, I want to just explain just a little bit of what it is before we get into this and I'm going to give you something that'll be very practical for each one of us to take away this morning. The book of Colossians was written by a man named Paul. If you know your Bible, Paul wrote much of the New Testament. And this book that we're this letter that we're studying this morning, this is what's wild about it. There's four different letters that he wrote, maybe five, and he wrote them as he was sitting in a prison cell. He's sitting in a Roman prison cell and he's pinning A letter, he ends up writing one to the church at Ephesus and here to the church at Colossae. Now, the church at Colossae was was a town that Paul had never been to before. But there was a man named Epaphras who had been around Paul's ministry and had heard Paul preach and was saved by the grace of God. And he got saved and he went back to his hometown of Colossae and he started a church there. And the purpose of this letter is this. There was a town about nine miles from Colossae called Laodicea. And Laodicea was a town where Gnosticism and liberalism and legalism had already begun to affect the church. So Paul is writing this letter to the church at Colossae basically warning them against legalism Warning them against liberalism and warning them against Gnosticism. So he's giving them a warning. In chapters 1 and 2, basically, what he's he's doing is, and stay with me because I promise we're going to get something to take home with us. In chapters 1 and 2, he begins by laying out some theology. And he he basically says this in chapters 1 and 2, that Christ is preeminent. Jesus is supreme, that Jesus is enough, Jesus is God. And so chapters 1 and 2, that's what he just hits over and over. Now, so chapters 1 and 2, if if you were to outline the book of Colossians, would be theology, what we believe, okay? Chapters 3 and 4 is now that we know what we believe, this is what we need to do with what we believe. It's not just enough to know about God, to know the things of God. We must take those things that we know and guess what? Do something about it. Amen. True belief, and y'all listen to me, true belief will always move us to action. Okay? It's the difference of knowing something up here and knowing something here. There's a lot of people that would say, I believe in God, but then it doesn't affect them over here. Is everybody tracking me this morning? They would say, I know things about God. I believe God's there. I believe he is first. But listen, if it doesn't move me to some sort of action, it's not real faith. It's not true belief. Because true belief always brings us to action. So chapters number one and two is that theology. This is what to believe about God. Chapters three and four is now that I believe God and I know God, this is what I'm going to do about it. You might put it this way. Chapters three and four is talking about having a Christ-centered life. And he says this. Now that you know God and you know about God and you know the things of God, you must take those things and put it in action. Look at verse number one and he's going to begin speaking to the church at Colossae. Look at it. Verse number one. If ye then, talking to the church, be risen with Christ, which simply means this. If you have trusted Christ, if you are a follower of Jesus, now he gives them a command. He gives them something. So now that you believe, here's some things you should do. Look at your Bibles. You got it open? If not, it's on the screen, I think. All right, look at this. Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. So the first thing that he says here is seek. To look for. For what? And he answers the question. For those things which are above. Where Christ sits. Now look at verse number 2. So he first of all he says seek those things which are above. And then look at verse 2. He says set your affection or your love on those things which are above. Not on those things which are above. In this world or on this earth. As we get into this this morning, I want want you to ask yourself this question. What is it in your life that you are seeking? What is it this morning that your affections are set on? What do you think about? Maybe put it this way. What makes you tick? What is it that makes you get up in the morning? What are you chasing after? He says, verse number one, seek those things which are above. Verse number two, set your affections on those things that are above. Look at verse number three. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. One man said it this way, as those who are in Christ, we have been united with him. And his death and his resurrection, we are in him because of our union with Him, Christ lives in us and through us. We have died with Him and now our lives are His. Therefore, everything we do and say should be impacted by our identity in Him. Paul said it this way in Galatians chapter 1 verse number 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ that liveth within me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. And gave Himself for me. Look at verse number 4 if you have your Bibles open. When Christ, this is an amazing phrase here. Who is our life. Listen, who is our life. Shall appear. Then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. He's saying this. Even though we have been given a new position in Christ. We are still constrained by this flesh. But here's the good news. This is only temporarily. One day Christ will return and we will join Him in glory. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, as Paul is addressing that church at Corinth, he says this, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, listen, but we shall be changed. In a moment, the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed, for corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall we be brought to pass the saying that is written. And this is the hope we have. Listen, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is the sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to ask you this this morning, we asked you at the beginning, and I want you to, and we're going to talk through this. what is it right now in your life that you are focused on? What are you setting your affections on? What are you seeking? How do we live the Christ-centered life? How can we check this morning to see where we are? And let me just say this this morning as we get into this. If we're going to see revival in our community, and I know your community is just like our community. It's messed up. Our rural communities many times are plagued by alcoholism and drug addiction. Man, there's people all around this area, I'm just telling you right now, that are searching for something and they're looking for it in all the wrong places. Many of us have family members right now that are away from God, and we'd love to see them here this morning, and we'd love to see their lives change. And we look at the political climate of our country, and we look at all these things, and if we're not careful, we'll begin to blame the world on all that's going on, right? I mean, you watch the news, and it'd be good for some of us to turn off the news, by the way. Amen. Yeah. We'll watch the news, and if you're like me, I get stinking angry. Like I do. Man, all, you see all the junk going on in the world. And all this people have lost their minds and this thing and that thing. and identify. We don't know who we are. we lost our minds. If we're not careful, we'll start blaming the world. You're, you'll be like me. And the world's going to hell. We'll say things like that. But can I just tell you this morning, we don't need revival in the world. You know where we need revival? We need revival in here. God's never going to change the world if He don't change us. And that's what Paul's talking about here. And I want And here's the thing. Maybe you answered that question earlier. What am I seeking? What am I after? I Man, I'm around a lot of believers, and many times what ends up happening is this: church and God and the things of the Lord. Many times is somewhere way down on the priority list. Paul says, first of all, if we're going to have revival, if we're going to live the Christ-centered life, and I want you to think about this this morning, is we need to check our heart. What are we seeking? What is it this morning that you desire? What is it that you long for? What, are, what is it that you think would make you happy this morning? Matthew chapter number 6 verse number 33 says this, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then it closes with this, And all these things shall be added unto you. Now, I would read that verse as I've grown up in church, and you know, I, I didn't know what these things were. What are these things that he's talking about? If I seek God, what are the things that will be added unto me? Well, the verses before it tell us, and let me tell you what they are. It says, Wherefore, and this is awesome to think about. If God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed, meaning what we should wear? For after these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. What he's saying here is this. If you seek God in His kingdom, the needs that we have, listen, He will provide them. Some of us, and I just want to tell you, some of us are wasting our lives seeking more and seeking all these things. When, listen, God says, listen, if you seek me first, yeah. man, I'll provide all these things that you wish you had. That's right. Let me ask you, maybe put it this way this morning. Are we seeking this kingdom, our kingdom, or his kingdom? What is it as a believer and as a follower that we desire most? What is it that I'm seeking and searching for and digging for? Man, is it those things that are above, those heavenly things, those eternal things? 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. Paul wrote this to young Timothy. And understand who Paul was. Before he was saved, y'all realize this, he was a terrorist. I think sometimes we forget that. And by the way, aren't you thankful that God can take anybody and save them? He was a terrorist. Man, mean, he would witness the killing of Christians. Y'all know that, right? That's who he was. Before that Damascus Road when God saved him. that's what he, said. he was very high religiously and politically. He was wealthy. He was educated. And this is what he says. But godliness with contentment is great gain. We brought nothing into this world. And we certainly can carry nothing out. Can I just remind you that all the stuff in the world is not going to bring you happiness. When you die, guess where it's going to stay? Here. Man, I've done a lot of funerals. And I've only done one funeral where it was a bass boat. Somebody help me. And I really did. The guy had his, he had his casket on his bass boat going to the graveyard. I told her that's what I want. Somebody help me this morning. But you know what? You can't take nothing with you. Some of us waste our lives. And I'm not saying things are bad. Listen, I need, I'd love some more money. Somebody help me this morning. It may, not, it may not bring happiness, but it'll bring me a new truck. You know what I'm saying? Like Nothing wrong with things. Where the problem comes in is we're so focused on things. That we get consumed with it and we miss the very blessing that God wants to do in our lives. Do you know what we always this is what I found. When I start making more money, guess what ends up happening? I always want more. When I begin to be bless and I have a nicer and I bigger, it's never can I just tell you, it's never gonna be enough. Do you know some of the most miserable people I know are some of the wealthiest people that I know? Some of the happiest people I know are some of the poorest people I know? Because none of that stuff brings happiness and joy. Yeah. I mean, it's, the thing that will bring happiness and joy in your life is seeking those things which are above. Yeah. Can I just ask you to check your heart this morning? Like, what are you living for? What is it this morning that makes your heart kind of skip a beat? What is it this morning that makes you wake up? I mean, secondly, I want you to think about this. Check your mind. It's not only what are you seeking, but what are you focused on? Are you focused on the negative all the time? Or the positive? Can we just and I not listen? This is church. Let's just get real this morning. As Christians, sometimes we can be the most ignorant, negative people on the earth, and it shouldn't be that way. Man, I, I talk to people all the time. I'm around Christians at different churches every week in my life. When people walk in church. Oh, I just can't believe it. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. I Man, I can't believe what's going on in this world. And I get it to an extent. But can I just remind you all of something this morning? The last time I checked, God's still on the throne and still in control. It's like we don't believe that. Do you know nothing in this world that happens surprises God? And as believers, we don't need more negativity in the world. you know what we need? We need to be positive. Man, we need to be people. Because if we're saved by the grace of God this morning, listen, it's only... You know how bad it is? We're only going to live forever. It's like people say, "Oh mean, the end times are coming and they're freaking out. That's why they moved to Montana. <laughs> Preppers, right? We're gonna, it's going to be the end of the world. And like, man, the mark of the beast. You hear all this stuff. It's like, hey, I'll invest in that because that means we're going to be out of here sooner. Somebody help me this morning. I know that's terrible. But we can be so negative. As believers and as children of God, we should be setting our affections on things of above, not on the things of this earth. Are we being negative or are we being positive? Philippians 4.8 says this, Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are uh, lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things, these positive things, these good things. Man, are we focused on the temporary Or the eternal. Maybe put it this way. Are we focused on things that matter? Or are we consumed by things that don't? You know, if we'll focus on things that really matter, we won't be complaining a whole lot. Because a lot of what we complain about don't matter. But there's some things that do matter. Man, focus on these things. Matthew chapter 6. Jesus preaching the greatest sermon ever preached because he preached it. He said this. He says this, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What is it that has your mind's attention this morning? And some of us, and can I just say this, some of us get consumed by these things of this world, things like social media, Wasting so much stinking time looking at everybody else's business that's probably not even true in the first place. And then what ends up happening, some of the most miserable people are middle-aged adults that spend all day on stinking Facebook comparing their cruddy life to someone else's highlight reel. Turn that junk off. Comparing yourselves among yourselves, you are not wise and it will make you miserable and it's a lie most of the time. You see those couples on there that always kissy-kissy and lovey-dovey. Listen, if it's that great, they ain't got to tell everybody else about it. <laughs> and you'll start comparing your cruddy marriage, what you think it is, to someone else that's not even reality. Man, focus on things that matter. Man, sometimes we can ha- our, our net worth can have our mind's attention. Our stuff can have our mind's attention. Let me just give you the sermon. Here's the sermon. He says this. Set your affections on the thing above. Check your heart. Check your mind. What are you focused on? Here's the reason. Look at, look at the last verse we had. Look at verse number four. Here's, a, here's the sermon this morning. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. And here's the sermon this morning. I just want to remind you never forget. We need to, listen, we do, we need to check our heart. What are we seeking? We need to check our minds. What, what are we focused on? And here's the truth of the matter this morning we need to, we need to never forget that we're checking out of here. I want you to think about this. James wrote this, Wherefore ye you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then it vanisheth away. You know, none of us are promised tomorrow. I preached in the last three weeks, I preached two funerals, Kyle, in the last three weeks. First one was for a six year old little boy, the last one, older. So just saying this, death has no listen, it can happen to anybody. fact of the matter is this morning that all of us at some point, guess what we're going to do. we're going to breathe our last breath. every one of us sitting in this room, I can promise you I can promise you something. We, we are going to stand in the presence of God at some point. I mean, all of us are going to die. And you know, those are sobering moments, aren't they at a funeral? I preach a lot of them. I and mean, those are moments where Life, really we can focus on those things that matter instead of those things that don't. Man, I've seen family members sitting in a service like this with a cassock laying there and I've seen sons and daughters, adult sons and daughters sitting there with regret in their life because they didn't get things right with mom and dad. Yeah. Man, I, I've seen people that at, at the end of their life, man, I've seen their family and I tell our church, listen, I'm not going to lie at your funeral. <laughs> You ever been to one of those where the preacher gets up and he's talking about how good the dude was when you're sitting back there going, he's a lot. He was not. <laughs> now, I ain't going to run him down, but I ain't going to. Is everybody tracking me? I ain't going to say stuff that ain't true. I mean, life's a, it's a, it's a big deal, especially when we come to the end of it. Every one of us at some point, listen, we are going to breathe our last breath. And we need to understand this morning that I can tell you what the purpose of, what God's purpose for your life is. You know what His purpose for your life is? It's to bring Him glory through the days that He's given you. Isaiah said this in Isaiah 43, Even everyone that is called by my name, I have created Him for my glory. I have formed Him and I have made Him. Listen, God has given you life for His glory. Hey, the pain that you're going through here on this earth, it's for God's glory. Yeah. The health issues that you've gone through, it's for God's glory. The suffering and the hurt is listen, you know what separates us from the world? How we respond to the problems and the trials and the heart, listen, and the heartache in this life. Yeah. And I've been in Christian funerals many times that are like a celebration service. Yeah. You know why that is? You know why that is? Because the saint of God lived their life for God's glory and you watch them go through cancer or you watch them go through pain and they don't run and they but no, through the whole time, guess what they do? They point people to the Savior. That's what that's what Christians do. Man, we bring glory even in the bad times through to God with our lives. That's our purpose. Man, we react, we if we're gonna listen. Because we're checking out of here, we need to understand we need to live for His glory. And then maybe we need to reorganize our priorities for where your treasure is there, where your heart... be. Also, there was a day in this world when people people scheduled everything around the things of God. There was times like that, I'm just telling you. I grew up in some of those times where church wasn't something we did if we had nothing else to do. No, it was a priority because we needed to hear the man of God, bring the Word of God so that we could live for God. Maybe some of us have kind of slowed down a little bit. And everything, listen, and everything else takes first place in our lives. Maybe we need to reorganize our priorities. Maybe this morning we need to have a new realization. And here, here it is. That this world is not our home. We are just passing through one old preacher said this don't get your tent pegs too deep into the ground of this world we are gospel gypsies just passing through and that's the truth isn't it first john 2 verse 15 through 17 let me read this to you and we'll talk to you for a minute love not the world neither the things that are in the world if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of the life is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Oh, Man, I remember I grew up in the Bible Belt in the South. And we used to have church camp. Do y'all have church camp up here? Like where kids go to camp and stuff? We used to have these old-fashioned preachers come in. I'm talking about the kind that the, the veins popping out of their heads. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I mean, I I leave that service, and y'all think I'm loud, but these guys—I mean, they would like yell at you. They were like mad at you the whole time. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We get there on Monday, you know, and we weren't there as teenagers. We weren't there to—there wasn't a spiritual bone in our body. We're there to chase girls. You know what I'm saying? That's just church camp for us. I remember they get up on Monday night and they start preaching, Brother Kyle, and they let us have it, man. They preach against everything. Like you couldn't do nothing right. I'm just telling you, okay? They preach against it all. And I mean, I had a heart. I sincerely wanted to do it right, and I wanted to please the Lord. But they had always preached on worldliness, and I don't know if that was up here, but in the South, everything was worldly. Yeah. I mean, they get to preaching about. Everything. They'd start messing with music, like preaching against all kinds of music. They started messing with old Brother George Straight. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. And I, I'm sitting in my pew. I'm getting a little angry. Then they took it to new levels, and I mean, Brother Chris Ledoux. They'd go after him a little bit. Y'all know who he is. And then there was one that I, I used to sing to my wife. I hate to even admit this morning. When we were dating. I was trying to convince her to marry me. It was a group called Boys to Men. Does anybody remember them? And they start preaching on them. And then that Thursday night, they'd preach on that stuff all week. You don't want to be worldly, you know? And they'd preach on that stuff all week. And then Thursday night would come around and they had this fire. They'd get around that fire and they would tell you, if you want to love Jesus, you're going to throw these CDs in there. And I'm like, man, what are you talking about? I love Jesus, but I like my George Strait too. Somebody help me. So, but we wanted to please God. We didn't want to be worldly. You know, we had snuck them CDs to church camp and they're preaching against it the whole time. And I remember we'd get around that fire and they would say, if you got that stuff, if you don't want to go to hell, throw it in here. You know, and they'd be, it was like the craziest stuff. We'd throw those CDs in there, and then it, like this blue fire would come out, and they'd say, see, it's the demons leaving, okay, you know. And I used to think that's what worldly. And then I'd, I'd go to church Sunday. I'd still be on fire for God, and I wanted to do what's right. I sincerely did, and I really thought throwing those CDs in there would make me okay with God, you know. And then Monday morning, we'd roll around. We are down there in Denton, Texas, and I'd hop in that 86, short wheelbase, short bed, Chevy Silverado. If you don't know what that is, God bless you. I'll pray for you. I shouldn't have sold it because it's worth a lot of money right now. I'd be headed to school, and I'd pass Walmarts on the way to school. I don't think you'll have Walmart here, but it's a store we have where there's people, okay? <laughs> and I'd pull in there Monday morning after that camp because I was missing my George Strait. <laughs> <laughs> and I was missing my Crystal dude. And I was missing my boys and men. Yeah. And I thought that, man, that's... And I went through those cycles over and over in my life because I didn't want to be worldly. Then it dawned on me one day after studying the Bible... When it says love not the world and the things of the world, it's not talking about that music, although that may be part of it. It's not talking about the way that you look, although that may be part of it. It wasn't talking about all those things that I thought it was talking about. Can I just tell you what it's talking about? It's talking about this. It's talking about are we living for this world or are we living for another world? You see, if we begin to live for another world, the things that we need to work out in our life, listen, they're going to be right. I was trying to live for God's approval instead of out of God's approval. Can I just remind you this morning, if you're saved by the grace of God, when God looks down at you, He doesn't see you. He doesn't see your sin. He sees the Lamb of God. He sees Jesus. And He says this, you don't got to try to fake me out this morning. You, gotta, you don't got to try to act better than you are this morning. You're already accepted. You're already loved love the reason we do right and the reason we serve him isn't out of fear it's not because we want to be accepted it's because we already are and when we come to a moment in our life where we realize that a whole lot of things are going to fall into place That's true. we're checking out of here y'all realize that there's coming a day where all of us are going to breathe our last breath and we're either going to spend eternity in hell or a place called heaven if you were to study your Bible, Revelation chapter number 20 and 21, two of my favorite chapters in the entire scripture, talks about heaven. And you may not believe in it this morning. I believe in it. Man, I watched my daddy at 62 years old go through one of the worst things I've ever seen go through in my life. I remember Mom got a, I got a phone call one Sunday night and it was at a weird time. When mama calls at a weird time, how many of y'all know there's something going on? The phone rings on a Sunday night. She said, something's wrong with dad. We had to rush him to the hospital. Come to find out he had head and mouth cancer. And I mean, it was like, you know, that kind of takes it out of you a little bit. Some of y'all have been through that with family members. Some of you may have been through that yourself. And I remember watching him start going through that chemo. Watching him go through that problems. And man, we prayed. He was a godly man. Loved the Lord. And man, we watched him go through that stuff. And ended up having to get a third of his tongue cut out. Remember that, and I was like, "Man, this is terrible." And we went through that whole process for about six months to eight months, and came to that last day where that cancer brother Kyle, through the radiation and through the chemo man, it was completely gone. And he walked out of, he walked out of radiation that last day. If I've ever been through this, there was a bell there, we could ring, he could ring, and he rang that bell, and man he was cancer-free, and God had answered our prayer. "Aren't you thankful for our answered prayer? Then another year went around. No cancer, everything was good. Another Sunday night. Phone rings. It's mom. About 10.30, something's wrong with dad. We had to rush him to the hospital. And they were living in Virginia at that time. His job had moved him there. And we were in, in Statesville. It was about a six-hour drive, so we couldn't just get there. Um, but she said he can't breathe and he, he can't talk. Something's going on. He had sung in the choir at church that morning, served in his church that morning. Little did he know that that day would be the last time he ever sat around that dinner table and was able to eat on his own. That next morning, his head began to swell as he was in the hospital. And they couldn't get control. The cancer was back. And they started giving him some medicine. And I think the immunotherapy even made it worse. And his head began to swell. Mom, for the next six months, would sit by his bedside. As his head would swell and he couldn't eat and he couldn't talk and she would sit there with this little tube of a suction deal and begin to suck that stuff, pus and all the mess come, infection coming out. She sat there day after day. She, she called me one day and she said, You're never going to believe this. I had bought dad a board that he could ride on because he couldn't talk anymore. And he would, he would every nurse that would come in, listen, he would ask them. As he's sitting there dying, he would ask them, Hey, can I pray for you? There's something I can pray for you about. Everyone that would come in, he would hand them a gospel tract. And he would say, Listen, you know, listen, read this. As he was dying, he was a witness. And mom, for weeks, sat by there. We finally got that call one night. And they said, Hey, y'all need to get here because he's not going to make it much longer. So we loaded up, me and Sarah and Caitlin, we loaded up and headed headed to Virginia, to St. Mary's Hospital there in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and we pull in. I remember it like it was yesterday. We walk in that room. My sister and my brother-in-law, they're three kids at that time. We were already in there. We walked into the room, and I remember, Kyle, I try to be a tough guy, man, but Daddy's your hero. Y'all know what I'm talking about. and I walk in there, and my wife and daughter had never seen me cry if it wasn't while I was preaching in the pulpit. Just not try to, you know. I walk in there. It was like something punched me in the gut, man, when I seen him unrecognizable and I turn around and mom and the babies are in there Caitlin's with us and Sarah's in there and we're like what are we going to do the only thing we know, knew what to do is this is to pray, to sing and listen we, we just started preaching in that room we don't know what else to do is read scripture because let me just say this for my parents it was real to them yeah. Yeah. I don't remember a day leaving my house where mama didn't have her bible open y'all listen to me that will impact these young people and I don't remember a time where Daddy, that church was an option for us. So we got in that room, and then we're singing, Brother Kyle, and we're praying, Dad's in and out of consciousness because of that, you know, all the meds he's on and stuff. It was just a terrible time. We're singing, and we're worshiping, and we're praying. And can I just say this? It was wild. I mean, nurses are coming in and out. They think we're nuts. But that's what, you know, God's people die well because it was real to them. I mean, we're singing and praising. I Man, I ended up just a few, I think it was about a week later, ended up preaching his funeral there in Frederick Burke, Virginia. Got up to preach and didn't have to lie at Daddy's funeral. Could get up and said he was the real deal, true blue. He wasn't perfect and he struggled just like everybody else, but he loved God. He knew that heaven was home. He knew that he was ready to go. I mean, there was a lady that had cleaned uh, his nurse, his room and at the hospital. I Man, she came through, was saved by the grace of God. Because he laid there on his deathbed, pointing people to Jesus Christ. And I started thinking about how did we rejoice? How did I watch mom go through that? How did I watch dad? And then, by the way, when dad fought cancer, I never heard him complain one time. <laughs> you know why? It was real to him. He knew that cancer was a gift to him. He could minister to people that he would never be able to minister to if he didn't have it. And I get to think about Heaven. Man, I I think I I get to think about it, and I love Revelation 20 and 21. It talks about you know I long for heaven this morning because some things that aren't there. If you read your Bible, you know this. You begin to read it. There's some things that aren't there. It says that He's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes, and aren't y'all thankful for that? Man, there's coming a day. There's going to be some tears. You'll hear people. There's no tears. How's He going to wipe them away if there ain't any? There's going to be some. He's going to take out that holy handkerchief (laughs) and He's going to wipe them away. There's going to be no more night. How about this? There's going to be no more sin. I don't know about you. I'm not just tired of the sin of the world. You know I'm tired of my sin. I ain't going to have to deal with this flesh anymore. Man, there's going to be no more abortion. Man, there's going to be no more hate. There's going to be no more relationship strains. Hey, there's going to be no more issues. There's going to be no more funerals. Somebody help me this morning. Hey, no gravedigger shovel has ever marred a hill in glory. No funerals. No hospital visits. No chemo treatments. Hey, no no problems. No death. No more death. It's awesome. I long for heaven because that. You know what? I long for heaven because what is there? Revelation chapter 20 and 21. There's some things that are there. Man, that gate of pearl. I believe the Bible uses... It doesn't say pearls. It says pearl. I believe it's one pearl so big that there's a gate in it we're going to walk through it someday. Hey, it says there's a street of gold. There's a river of life that runs through there. There's a tree of life with 12 manners of fruit for the healing of the nations. Listen, there's some things that are there and I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Man, those things that aren't there. Those things that are there. But here's my favorite one. Not only what's not there and what is there, but this is one that gets me... And I, I'm from the Bible Belt and South, so I know I'm loud excited, but that's just how we do it, okay? Because of who is there. When yes. I get to think about that. You know, I can't wait to see those people in the Bible that went on before us. Indeed. I get to think about Adam. And I want to say, you idiot, why would you mess it up for the rest of us? It's <laughs> the first question I might ask. But I can't wait to see people like David. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to him about his struggles. By the way, people in Scripture struggle just like you do. Yep. You got it. It's okay. Because yep. God can help us through it. I can't wait to talk to Abraham and to Joseph and to Paul and to Peter because I'm a lot like Peter. Does anybody else like that? Mouth, get in trouble, you know? Peter, ask him some questions. The first funeral I ever preached was my grandma's funeral. Can't wait to see her again. She was saved. My grandma, she grew up in Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, we, I love Fort Worth, Texas. It's where I was born. And I remember grandma, she was a godly woman. But she, she just the, the era that she grew up in, she'd quote a Bible verse at you one minute and cuss at you the next. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's how she was. I can't wait to see her again. I can't wait to see Daddy again. Perfectly healed. And he was my stepdad. I may share a little more about that. He adopted us when we were eight after our biological father had walked. So let me just say as a side note, don't if you're a step-parent in here, you, you have a huge role and responsibility and God can use you in a great way in those young people's lives. Right. I may tell a little bit of that story later, but I'll see I'll see my stepdad who adopted me, who was my dad. Man, perfectly healed. No more cancer. I can't wait for that. But you know, more than seeing those Bible people, more than seeing grandma, more than seeing daddy, man, I'm going to see the one. Y'all listen to me this morning. That knows everything about me. That knows my deepest, darkest secret. My deepest, darkest thought. Knows all my sin. You see, we can come into church this morning and we can, you know... I can fake y'all out. Y'all can fake me out. And we do that. That's okay. It's part of our... So I ain't going to church because there's so much hypocrites there. Yeah, there's room for one more. Somebody help me this morning. We can fake each other out. It's okay. Because we all do. But you know there's one that knows everything about us? Our deepest, darkest secret. That sin that nobody else knows we struggle with. And here's the... Oh my goodness, y'all. This will make a Presbyterian in Montana shout. Okay? I don't know if y'all have Presbyterians here. He knows everything about us. Romans 5.8 says this, but God commandeth his love toward us in that while we are yet sinners. Let me explain this. While he knows everything about you, he still loves you this morning. I'm just here to tell you this one. I came from Statesville, North Carolina. Hopped on a plane yesterday. Came all the way here to tell you this this morning. I don't know what you're going through and I don't know who you are. And I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know how bad you may have been places last night that you'd be ashamed of this morning. Can I just tell you, y'all listen to me this morning. God loves you. Yeah. He wants to forgive you. Yeah. And he died for you. He want, listen, He wants if you're not saved in here this morning, I know that's a Bible word we talk about. Basically, that means this. Because of sin in Genesis chapter number 3, when Adam, listen, sin, we all fall short. Ever since that day, this world has been jacked up. There's been sin, there's been problems, and there's been issues. In Matthew chapter number 1, Luke chapter number 2, go through the all, all, the, all the Gospels. There was one who was prophesied throughout all Scripture that was coming. Because of that sin, we all fall short. You all understand that? There ain't none of us that are perfect. There ain't no priest that's perfect. There's no preacher that's perfect. Any preacher that acts like he's perfect, you need to run from. All of us fall short this morning. The Bible says this, For there is none righteous, no not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death. That means, listen, because we've sinned, we've all earned death. But I love that it doesn't stop there. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but here it is, but have everlasting life. Listen, you may be here this morning, and if you were to die, you have no idea where you'd spend eternity. Let me just tell you this. Heaven is not about being a religious person. There's a lot of Baptists that are going to split hell wide open one day. Listen, heaven is not about giving money to the church. Heaven isn't about just doing good works. Being a good person. It's realizing that every one of us falls short. And because we fall short, there's a separation over here. But Jesus came here and He reconciled us to the Father. He says this, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. simply says this. If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is who He says He is, listen, you can spend eternity with Him. It's not just about a place. It's about a reconciliation of a relationship. Because of that sin, that, that relationship has been broken. But he came to sacrifice and to pay a price that you could never afford to pay, that I could never afford to pay. Whosoever shall call upon his name. Listen, that's awesome truth this morning. If I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth, he says he'll save us. That's a promise, not the good works, not all these things. But, man, the fact that we trust and put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I'm to says, if you've never done that, do not leave today. Don't walk out these doors this morning without grabbing your preacher. By grabbing one of these other men. They'll take a Bible and not tell you what some man says. We don't, we've got enough men saying stuff. But they'll tell you what the Bible says. How you can know that you know. I man. I watched Daddy die with such peace. You know why? Because he knew where he was going. Yeah. I've been in other places, Brother Kyle, and I know you have. Mm-hmm. Where we weren't so sure. Yeah. It's an eerie feeling. Yeah. It's a hopeless feeling. It's the most terrible feeling in the world. But you know, being by God's people, when they die, it's one of the greatest things in the world. It's hard to understand that. That's one of the peace. I've been in those hospital rooms. With the saint of God, and man, I'm telling you, when they breathe that last breath, although we sad, although it's sad and we weep, there's just a joy and a peace that comes from it. And every one of us, the Holy Spirit's drawn us, has a choice to make. If we've never made it, and I just want to encourage you, man, to think about this: if you've never trusted Christ, don't leave here today. The second thing, I want to encourage you with this: maybe you have, you've been in church for a long time, and I know how it is, man. We're busy people. Life comes our way. Struggles financially. Struggles relationally. We get distracted a little bit. We can start setting our affections on things that we shouldn't have set them on. Here's the good news about God. He ain't mad at you this morning. You know what? He, all he asks? He just wants us to confess it and get it right. You ever thought about confession before? Like, what, why? Why do we confess? He already knows about it. God taught me this recently. Why well, do I have to confess if he already knows? This is why. Do you ever think confession ain't for him? It's for you. Because we can't get help until we're honest with ourselves. So I would just say this. Maybe today as we start this revival, if you're struggling with something, maybe if you do know the Lord, maybe today, before we even go into these next couple nights, you'll say this, God, forgive me of this and help me with it. Because I need to get over it. And here's the good news. You can. He can help you with what you're dealing with, man. He can help you get past it, over it, and through it. You can't do it on your own, but you can do it with Him. And I want you to think about that. What are you living for? What if tomorrow was that day for you? Maybe think it this way. Tomorrow was, if I knew today was my last day, is there something I'd do differently? That's crazy to think about. I'd probably pick up and, that phone and call that family member that I've had a beef with and try to get it right. Man, i probably try to maybe today start living for the Lord for the hours that I have left. Maybe I would say these words to, to, to my spouse that I haven't maybe said for a little while. I love you and I'm sorry. Maybe I'd hold my kids a little closer this evening and i pray for them. Maybe i thank God a little more for my church. That God's placed a lighthouse like this in the middle of Whitehall, Montana. And I wouldn't take for granted the songs that we sang this morning. And I wouldn't take for granted the time that we've had this morning because I believe, you know what has to happen prophetically for him to return? Y'all know that. You know what has to happen? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> try it, try
1: it. Could be any moment.
0: A whole lot of things don't matter. But there's a few things that do. Let's bow our heads this morning. I want to ask you two questions. Two questions this morning. I'm not going to embarrass you. But I want to pray for you this morning. If you're here this morning and you say, preacher, I'm not 100% sure if I were to die today where I'd spend my eternity. And I just want you to pray for me. I want you to pray for me. Listen, I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not even going to ask you to come forward. I just want to pray for you this morning. Is anybody like that this morning? Just lift your hand up real quickly. You say, preacher, I'm not sure if I were to die today where I'd spend eternity. All right. Second question is this this morning. Here's the challenge for the rest of us. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, preacher... I hadn't been setting my affections on the things above. And I hadn't been seeking those things. And I just want you to pray for me that today as I leave, that I'll start. Is there anybody like that this morning? Just slip it up. I see hands all over the room this morning. Hands all over the room. I'm going to pray here. You can put your hands down. I want to pray for you. And then, preacher, if you want to take the invitation this morning. Father, we do love you. And, Lord, I thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I thank you, God, that you speak with us and you meet with us. And, Lord, I don't believe we're ever in a place under your word by accident. God, I pray that today, Lord, those that don't know you, God, I pray that you would save them. I pray that you would draw them closer to you and help them to see your need for you. Lord, those of us that do know you and those of us that do follow you, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to seek those things which are above. Lord, I pray that we would take life seriously, Lord, and we'd live, Lord, and we'd we'd enjoy the abundant life, God, but we'd live it for your glory and live it for your purpose. Lord, I pray for those that may need to get some relationships right. God, I pray that you'd help them to do it. Maybe they need to forgive someone. Lord, maybe this morning, Lord, need to just go home and get a get get a spousal relationship right. Maybe to make a phone call. Maybe to just say I'm sorry, or to say those words, "We love you, Lord." We know we're not promised tomorrow, God. And life is a gift, and we thank you for it, Lord. I pray that you would bless your words as it's preached in your precious and holy name. With
1: their heads bowed, knees closed. Let's sing together. And the music's gonna blow. thank you how you've you spoken to my heart, and Lord, I, I just pray, God, as, as you've already begun this stirring in our spirits, I pray, God, that you would continue to do that, Lord, that even as we leave this place this morning, that, Lord, you know, we, we've got a lot of things going on, things that are going to be happening, we're going to be transitioning even the service, but God, I pray that we wouldn't soon forget what we've heard. I pray, God, that it would find good soil in our hearts, God, and and that the root that would take place, Lord, would, would begin to spring up in our hearts and in our lives, Lord, and, and there'd be real life change because of things that we heard. Father, thank you for the power of your word. Lord, it promises to divide and to conquer like only you can. And I pray that's exactly what we do this morning. Now, God, I pray that you be with us even as we leave this place. May we be a witness and a testimony for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, look this way.